You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If the Chicago Bears don't re-sign Allen Robinson, wide receiver instantly becomes the team's biggest need after quarterback. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked on Bears on Facebook, or join the Locked on Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. On the show today, we are continuing our position-by-position grades of the 2020 Chicago Bears, slowly but surely mixing them in throughout the rest of the off-season news, moving on today to the wide receivers. Of course, we'll talk about a stellar season from Allen Robinson, a very pleasant surprise from Darnell Mooney, some disappointment from Anthony Miller and Javon Wims, and not much else to show for the rest of the position, and some concerns there about the long-term depth. All of that sets the stage for the offseason ahead, and what the Chicago Bears still have to do to build around whatever quarterback they'll roll with in 2021. The top of the depth chart is a little more straightforward. So let's start at the bottom. We had kind of a a rotating cast of characters, more so than we might have envisioned entering the season, right? Entering week one, it was like, wow, the Bears have Allen Robinson. They've got Anthony Miller ready to step up. And like a lot of these young guys between Mooney, Wims, and Ridley, I mean, they've got this young, burgeoning wide receiver core. And There was some progress with some of those people, but it never quite emerged as this wide range of tools for the Bears quarterback to the point where Ted Ginn was released after a few games, essentially just a healthy scratch because he wasn't really contributing all that much and not really all that effective when he stepped on the field. I didn't realize until I was preparing for this podcast episode that last season, Ted Ginn Jr. was the second oldest wide receiver in the NFL. I wasn't surprised to read that Larry Fitzgerald was the oldest wide receiver still left in the league, and I know Ted Ginn is up there. I mean, I would assume he was maybe top 10 oldest, but he was the second oldest wide receiver. So maybe it's no surprise that he kind of trailed off there and wasn't able to crack that rotation, even as the Bears weren't necessarily you know, five wide receivers deep every game, getting a bunch of incredible production. And perhaps it means something that Ginn never signed anywhere else for the rest of the season, I would imagine, could signal perhaps the end of his career still to come. They ultimately replaced him with Dwayne Harris as sort of this like punt return role after Tariq Cohen got hurt. And then they had DeAndre Carter in there as well. I mean, I don't think we saw enough of those guys to really hand out any sort of grades. You know, I call them incomplete at this point, although Ted Ginn's certainly a disappointment. No, we didn't think he would be a number two wide receiver in this offense, but maybe a guy you could bring in and get some deep shots in there with, although this Bears offense wasn't really built for those kind of deep shots, but he was targeted, I think, like six times and had three catches for 40 yards. Only 12 months removed from a 30-catch, 400-yard season with the Saints, so it wasn't like... 
he had been this big of a decline. He was still a, a quality contributor the years before, but Chicago not getting explosive offense and again not having a lot to offer just ended up not being a very good combination there. So he was disappointing, but still a incomplete grade. I don't think we saw enough from Riley Ridley either to really truly evaluate him this season, but that in and of itself, the fact that he couldn't see the field more, perhaps was an evaluation of Riley Ridley. That as I look over the snap counts, Ted Ginn in his six games or whatever that he was with the Bears played more snaps last season in Chicago than Riley Ridley did on offense. That is not a good sign. It doesn't mean Riley Ridley is doomed to be a bus, but it really doesn't look good that in his second season, he actually couldn't get on the field any more than his previous season, actually played fewer snaps in year two than in year one. And again, the Bears had guys they wanted to on the field. You know, Mooney, Miller, Wims are all young guys too, but like, it wasn't as though they just had four wide receivers that were dominant, and there's just no room to get Ridley on the field. Like, Wims, you know, and we'll get, we'll get into those guys a little bit more, but like, Wims and Miller had their ups and downs. There were snaps there for Riley Ridley to compete and be that number three or that number four or even that number five. And he barely finished as like sort of your number six wide receiver in terms of like actual snaps played. And so we haven't really had a fair shot to evaluate him when he is on the field. But the fact that we haven't had a fair shot to evaluate him on the field now through two full seasons of his career as a fourth round pick is not a good sign. Like compared to somebody like Javon Wims, who came in as a seventh-round pick as a rookie and had a couple of catches and was there on the field late in that season, and then his second year kind of burst out into a, not a not a breakout role by any means, but more productive and kind of ramped up. And we'll get into his year three a little bit more. But where the guy is drafted is not really a, a valid explanation here. I mean, Darnell Mooney as a fifth-round pick emerged as your Bears' number two receiver as a rookie. So the Bears aren't saying, well. Ridley was our fourth round pick, so we're going to take him up slow or you know, we're not going to give him these opportunities because he's still young or whatever. They were giving him to whoever was going to be the best receivers. And the fact that Ridley couldn't be one of your best four receivers at any point in this season really is an indictment on his development and a poor sign for his future with the Chicago Bears. But I don't want to totally write him off before we've even had the opportunity to truly see him. But the people who have truly seen him have seen enough to not want to get him those snaps on offense or just that he hasn't earned those snaps on offense. And part of that, too, he's not playing a ton of special teams in there either. So there's no long-term spot for Riley Ridley here. A little bit on the kick return team in terms of blocking, but really not offering you the special teams that you need out of your number five or six wide receiver and not offering you the offense that you'd like out of a very recent fourth round pick. So the red flags continue to be raised there, but the evaluation is far from over. The same is true in the positive direction for a receiver like Darnell Mooney, who far exceeded expectations and really has a bright future ahead of him in Chicago. We'll turn our attention to the number two, three, and four wide receivers next on Locked On Bears. A global pandemic is not a great time to physically go to the gym 
to get your workout. But fortunately, Echelon is here to help you reach your fitness goals from the comfort of your own home. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their Echelon Stride Smart treadmill. So no matter what your favorite fitness activity is, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from wherever you are. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily, live, and on-demand studio-level classes always available whenever you need them. But unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try any Echelon fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash locked on. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N, echelonfit.com slash locked on. Outside of Allen Robinson, it seems like everything for the Bears at wide receiver went the opposite of what we expected it to last offseason. The idea was that Anthony Miller, after making a little bit of progress in year two, but maybe disappointing a little bit, would take that big step now in year three and truly emerge as the Chicago Bears' bona fide number two wide receiver. Then you had Ted Ginn brought in as that veteran deep shot option, and you thought between Darnell Mooney and Javon Wims, you might be able to get some consistent rotational options in that sort of like number three, number four type role with Ginn in there as well. And you feel like, okay, you got a decent cast of like five receivers there. And of course, it turns out Darnell Mooney is the real superstar of the group and very quickly takes over that number two receiver job basically in week one to the surprise of pretty much everybody and never really looked back. And it was Anthony Miller largely left in the dust, and Javon Wims, perhaps the expectations were lower from the start, but really, I think, failed to meet very many of those either. Let's start with Wims, right? He did not have (laughs) a good season. Last year, 2019, he had 18 catches for 186 yards, all right, you know, number four, number five receiver. Half of that this past year, six catches for 48 yards in 13 games. Really, as close to a non-factor offensively as you could get, and pretty darn close to what I would almost consider an incomplete grade, but he played in a lot of snaps and played in enough games, he just never got the ball thrown his way and never did anything with the balls that were thrown his way. I was looking at the the numbers at Pro Football Focus. They have a stat called yards per route run, where they just take the number of snaps you were on the field for divided by the number of receiving yards you received. So it just is like, you know, when he's running a sna- a route, how productive is he overall, not only just per catch, but also per snap on the field. Javon Wims was dead last among every wide receiver in the NFL. Receivers with a minimum of 100 routes run on the season. No one did less with their snaps this year from Javon Wims. I think expectations were reasonably low for Wims as a seventh-round pick and a guy lower in this rotation, so I think that might have alone earned him a D, but then you throw in the ejection with uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and the Saints in the first game, punching a man in the helmet multiple times is one of the stupidest things you can do on a football field. This is very squarely an F-graded season from Javon Wims. F-level production, F-level decision-making against a cornerback that he was explicitly told on the sideline was going to get into his head. Anthony Miller fell prey to the same thing. 
So it's hard to put him too much farther ahead of Javon Wims. Yes, it was one game and one moment in one situation. It did not define their whole seasons, but it certainly reflects very poorly on them as receivers in the eyes of Bears ownership. I mean, even George McCaskey said he was a little bit more upset by Anthony Miller making the mistake a second time after seeing Javon Wims make the mistake. It feels like everyone's kind of quick to say, well, will Anthony Miller even be back with the Bears next year? Uh, yeah, he was their second-round pick like three years ago and is their number three receiver. Like, getting punching John, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson once in a game like that or getting ejected or whatever is not enough to just outright release Anthony Miller in an offseason when you might lose Allen Robinson to free agency. Like, yes, he's coming off of a, a, a step back this past season. Anthony Miller did not make the progress that the Bears wanted him to see. But all of a sudden, you're going to cut him while his money's already guaranteed in his rookie deal. For me, that's just a little bit too far, a little bit of an overreaction to what we saw in the Saints game. But it was still a troubling kind of year from Miller. Goes from 650 yards to 480 yards, despite playing in pretty much the same number of games, not any sort of drastically different number of snaps, but just not doing nearly as much with the catches and targets that were afforded to him. Some of that a reflection of the overall offensive limitations, but Miller himself just not really as productive. And in a season where we were ready for him to take that next step, that didn't mean he needed to be at a 1,000-yard receiver as the Bears' true number two option, but he very quickly was passed by Darnell Mooney and pretty well left in the dust. You know, he, he had a decent week one against Detroit and then a lot of struggles for a while there and then like halfway through the season we saw some flashes against like the Saints and the the Titans in there had a pretty good game and then and then kind of trailed off again really at the end of the year when the offense was at its best the three game winning streak Texans Vikings Jaguars Anthony Miller had five catches for 39 yards he was like the one guy in that time period that wasn't having great success as everyone else around him was and so now it doesn't feel like we can rely on Anthony Miller as a number two receiver, maybe a number three guy, but kind of more in this number four-ish type range. I mean, he was the Bears' third leading receiver last season, but you kind of feel like the Bears could use a little bit better. They could just use better from Anthony Miller because we've seen him be capable of so much more. We've seen him really look like a special route runner, a guy who can make plays after the catch, and just struggles with some dropped passes every once in a while. But you can live with those if he is getting open and making enough big plays to make up for it. And I think this season we saw a couple of flashes here and there to remind us that Anthony Miller was you know, still capable of those things. But as far as expectations go, I still find him kind of at like a D grade, maybe D plus from what we saw in 2020 because expectations were higher. And it wasn't just he was status quo, but he took a step back this season. Part of me wonders if he just looks a little bit worse in comparison to Darnell Mooney, and like that brings down our evaluations of Miller and Wims just because Mooney was so solid and so much better than we expected and kind of showed that there was some merit-based system working here where the best receiver was going to get those opportunities, and whether you're a rookie fifth-round pick out of Tulane or a guy who's been here two or three seasons and a second-round pick, doesn't matter your background. It's who's going to help this team more at wide receiver, and very clearly... That was Darnell Mooney. I mean, to, to be the second leading receiver, but also like legitimately measure up as the set, not just being second place, but putting up close to 
number two wide receiver numbers. 61 catches, 631 yards, four touchdowns. Far exceeded anything we would have thought from Mooney as a fifth-round pick. Like I said, he was supposed to be sort of like a a decent deep-shot threat, somebody who could rotate in and maybe get a few explosive plays here and there. But he ended up finishing with more receiving yards than Rob Gronkowski, Christian Kirk of the Arizona Cardinals, Hunter Henry. I mean, those are some tight ends, but still, Danny Amendola, Richard Hollywood Higgins, a lot of receivers across the NFL. Darnell Mooney was 64th. When you include running backs and tight ends, the 65th leading receiver in the NFL this season. So if you divide that by 32, that puts him at just outside of a number two receiver range. That This includes tight ends as well. So legitimately, like, a decent top option. And this was the... 25th wide receiver taken in the draft. Not just any rookie, but 24 receivers were taken ahead of him in the draft. And he comes in and is the 65th most productive wide or most productive player in the league in the passing game. Far exceeding expectations. We saw some ups and downs in there for sure. But we also saw a Bears offense that wasn't necessarily built to his strength. They, this was not a vertical offense. They did not have the quarterback play or the offensive line play or the scheme to open up as many of those deep shots as you would like to see for Darnell Mooney. So he had to be more of that explosive underneath yards after catch type receiver. And he did a pretty good job of it, right? I mean, he led all rookie wide receivers in missed tackles, making guys miss. No rookie did more of that. Even Justin Jefferson of the Vikings. Darnell Mooney had more missed tackles forced this season than any other rookie wide receiver. And again, 25th drafted receiver this year. So, so many reasons to rave about Mooney. I'm curious to see how his progression works moving forward in terms of if the Bears offense can open up a little bit more to get him more involved in those ways, if defenses are able to key in on a little bit more of what he's trying to do. But he seems like a very smart player, a, a well, a surprisingly well-rounded player who can still work on more of that rounding, but I also think we haven't seen the full capacity of what Darnell Mooney can do in the NFL, and that's really exciting moving forward as your legitimate number two wide receiver that we had kind of hoped Anthony Miller would be. Of course, Darnell Mooney can only be your number two wide receiver if you have a number one wide receiver to really command that attention and, and hold on to that really focal point role of the offense, that is Allen Robinson. And it is critical that the Bears get off of their butts and sign him to a contract extension that pays him like the top NFL wide receiver that he is. We'll look back at what he was able to do in 2020 and what kind of value he deserves on the free agent market next on Locked On Bears. The big game is this weekend and you're running out of time to get your bets in at betonline.ag. I just put some money down on over the total number of times the chains are brought out for a measurement at over one and a half times. A plus 170 line on that was just too good for me to pass up. I have to imagine we'll have some tight down and distance situations that more than once they'll have to bring it out and actually measure just to make sure. But that's one of just many prop bets available at bet online for more things than you could possibly come up with on your own not only are there dozens about the actual game itself tom brady and patrick mahomes passing yards passing touchdowns etc but prop bets for the commercials for the amanda gorman poem 
for which coordinator will be shown first on the sideline, which word will Tony Romo say first in the broadcast. It's insane how many different ways there are to play and win at betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account and use our promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Allen Robinson absolutely deserves $20 million a year on his next contract. That's the price of business in the NFL. That's the price you pay for not signing him to a contract extension earlier, genuinely pissing him off and letting him test the open market this offseason. $20 million a year would put him as the fourth highest paid wide receiver tied with Amari Cooper in terms of that per year signing bonus average. And yes, maybe Allen Robinson isn't the fourth best wide receiver in the NFL, but he's close enough. And that's where NFL contracts go. It's a cycle, right? When you sign your guy to a contract, you're always going to pay a little bit more than everybody else. But over the course of the contract, it starts to even out to where that player's value is in the rest of the league. And his value should not be a question in Chicago. As much as Bears fans, at least some Bears fans, seem to want to question it this season. Anytime Allen Robinson made one little mistake here or there, he dropped like one pass all season. But anytime, you know, something seemed to be slightly his fault when there was the interceptions that were kind of 50-50 balls that, yes, you want Allen Robinson to catch, but is it his fault that it was an interception? No. Anytime there are plays like that, it's like, oh, well, we don't need him. Let him walk. He's not worth it. He's not a number one wide receiver. The guy finished the year with 1,250 receiving yards on 102 catches in a Bears offense that felt like it couldn't do anything for a large portion of the season. This was not a guy that was just filling up garbage time numbers either. He was this Bears whole offense for multiple games this season, especially early on there and even during portions of that losing streak, you know, against the Rams, the Titans, he had 80, or against the Saints and the Titans, excuse me, he had over 80 yards in both of those games when nothing else seemed to be able to get going. He is truly a consistent number one wide receiver. He is maybe the best wide receiver in Chicago Bears history. I mean, I think Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey had some arguments there in terms of like, who is the most talented? But if you signed Allen Robinson to a contract extension and he spends the next five plus years in Chicago, he may go down as the most decorated and best wide receiver in Chicago Bears history. He is a legitimate number one NFL receiver. This is not the Alshon Jeffrey conversation we had however many years ago that was now when it's like, should the Bears re-sign him or not? He was Alshon Jeffrey was a very good wide receiver, but it was a legitimate question of is he a bona fide number one? He had a couple thousand yard seasons, you know, with Brandon Marshall in that offense, but it kind of dipped down a little bit in the John Fox era when the offense wasn't as good. But we saw this year the Bears offense was not as good. And Allen Robinson still put up twelve hundred and fifty yards. Like this is there's no question here about how good Allen Robinson is. The, the question becomes, you know, are the Bears in a position right now to pay a wide receiver, top wide receiver money, or are they in more of a rebuild mode in that regard? And I think the Bears don't think they're in that much of a rebuild mode. 
they think they can kind of go all in, and if they can acquire a quarterback this offseason, you know, that changes the conversation a little bit. But salary cap space is limited. How limited? Still to be determined. But in a vacuum, he is worth that $20 million threshold. The, the real question here, and the, the really the underbelly of NFL contracts, is not the yearly average, but what the guaranteed money is, because that's really where these contracts matter. And I think you can guarantee Allen Robinson somewhere in that 40 to $50 million range. Like, really, I look at that Amari Cooper contract. Five years, $100 million with $40 million guaranteed. That's a pretty fi- fiscally responsible contract for the Cowboys and would be a fairly fiscally responsible contract for the Bears. Allen Robinson may be looking to top that slightly, and I would be willing to go above that number as well to retain him just because one number one wide receivers like this do not just grow on trees and they do not become available everywhere. And I think the longer history in Chicago should tell you just how valuable this is to have and how hard it can be to find consistent top-flight NFL wide receivers that can win anywhere on the field. He's a vertical threat, a jump ball guy, a physical receiver, a guy who can make some plays after the catch. He's never going to be the fastest guy in the field. He's never going to be the most elusive, but he does have some ability to pull away from slower defenders and to make some guys miss and to be hard to bring down. Like, he's in that nice mix of size and speed, 6'2", 220. He's not the Mike Evans 6'5", jump ball receiver, but he's not the Tyreek Hill, you know, 5'11", 5'10", 4 to 40 type speed guy. He's one of those in-between guys who can just do a little bit of everything and be every quarterback's best friend. And regardless of who your quarterback is in Chicago next season, they will benefit a lot more from having Allen Robinson than they would from not having Allen Robinson. And let's not forget, Allen Robinson is still only 27 years old. He's been in the NFL seven years. He was super young coming out of Penn State. So he is still entering his prime. He's far removed from the torn ACL. There's there's not really any reason why any team shouldn't want to pay Allen Robinson and bring him into their organization unless they just feel like they're not in a place right now where their team is good enough to pay him to make them better at wide receiver. I think you could make some arguments in the that direction for the Bears, but Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are not going to be making that argument. If you had a new head coach and a new GM, maybe you say, you know what, we're going to restart at receiver and we're going to let Allen Robinson go and rock with our young guys and draft somebody else and bring somebody somebody else in. But if they're going to double down and really kind of go all in on saving their jobs, signing Allen Robinson should be a top priority this offseason. It should have been a top priority last offseason and during the season. And if they let him go for nothing, it's really going to reflect poorly on their team-building ability because they can definitely find the cap space. He's that important to the team. He's worth that amount of money. And the, really the only factor preventing him from signing here should be whether he wants to sign here, whether he still wants to be a Chicago Bear. That one we don't have the answer to. You could imagine why he might not want to sign with the Chicago Bears long-term. But if they can get a different quarterback in a, a splashy blockbuster quarterback addition in some regard, maybe that could sway Allen Robinson's opinion a little bit more too. So if it's not obvious, Allen Robinson gets an A-plus for 2020. And I don't think I specifically said, I think I'd give Darnell Mooney an A for 2020 as well, given the expectations he exceeded. But it's like, you have A-plus Allen Robinson and A Darnell Mooney, and then a D Anthony Miller and F Javon Wims, and an incomplete but also kind of an F Riley Ridley. And that's your Bears 2020 receiving core, and Cordell Patterson is a free agent, Al Robinson is a free agent. Not necessarily a great place to be at right now at wide receiver, but plenty of opportunity this offseason to adjust and replace and amend that as necessary. So 
We'll be breaking down all of the Bears' different options all offseason long, free agency, draft, trade, you name it. It's all right here on Locked On Bears. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. I hope you enjoy the Super Bowl this weekend. It's the last NFL football at all that we get on our TVs on Sunday. So the offseason is fully going to be here for all of us now. We'll all buckle in together. We'll all get through it. I appreciate those of you who have been following along on the podcast and those who are just jumping on to ride for the offseason. You are appreciated. It is my pleasure to bring some Bears talk to you and most importantly, help you bear down.